0: Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. And uh, so it's good. we are going to share a little bit tonight. As we move into 2020, uh, 20 years as uh, a senior pastor of City Point Church. And uh, I'm just fascinated how fast time goes. Uh, I don't know of anybody else over 50 here tonight. Six of us, so that's good. Well, I'm over, I'm not only 50, I'm over 60 now, and uh, I want to know time flies. I woke up one day and I was freaking 60 years old. Um, and it's uh, just amazing how time flies, and I look at that in not a negative way, in a positive way. I, I, I don't deny my age, but I'm not defined by my age. Um, I I don't mind what season I'm in. I've got a call of God on my life to make a difference. Whether you're 10 years old or 85, your seasons change, but your call never changes. And and that's to make a difference in somebody's life, to bring bring Jesus to the generation we live in. So as we start 2020, I want to speak to you. I've called the message, The Power of Alignment. The Power of Alignment. You know, you've probably heard the real estate cry, location, location, location location. So much of life is about positioning, whether it be in business, in battle. So many battles over the years throughout history have been won or lost, depending on the position of the enemy, the position of your own army. In sport, sport is so won by being in position. You find, it doesn't matter what sport you look at from team sport, great players are always in the right position. They understand that that the concept of being in position. When I used to play rugby, Uh, here in Brisbane a number of years ago, uh, I remember a coach would always say this at practice. He would always say this, run to position, rest when you get there. Run to position, rest when you get there. And of course, like every good coach, he lied. And we never rested. But he trained us in the concept of make sure you're in position because in a game, position is the most important thing that you have. So you can't score without the ball, and you can't get the ball unless you're in position. No one gets excited when a a winger runs 50 metres down the field, dives over the try line, does his special dance, and doesn't have the ball. No position, no ball, no scoring. You've got to get in the right position. Have you ever wondered why sometimes you you turn around, and, and some people seem to get all the breaks Life seems to go in their favor. Say, move ahead at at such a rate. They seem to be more blessed than other people. No doubt there are lots of factors involved, but a key ingredient to a believer moving on or anybody in business, doesn't matter, is their position. It's the power of alignment. From a spiritual perspective, God does not have favorites. God doesn't like somebody else better. It doesn't go, well, you know what? I'm going to bless you. You're awesome. You're not a chance. (laughs) He doesn't view us from those eyes. So if somebody's getting more blessed or there's more favor or they seem to be moving forward and God doesn't have favorites and the Bible declares that whoever stands against us shall not win, then you've got to look at the fact of maybe God is not trying to not get something to us. Maybe we're just out of position a little bit to receive what He has. It's almost like God is in heaven with something, with healing, with blessing, with increase, with opportunity. And his cry to the church is, will somebody get open? Will somebody get in position? Because he doesn't have favorites. And I, I've got to ask you today, if we're going to move into 2020 at a greater level, and we want to see more of what God wants to do in us, then we've got to maybe sort of say, not, not cry out, hey God, what's going on? But God, how do I position myself to receive that you have all that you have? Time after time in the Bible, you see this concept. The Old Testament, Daniel prays 21 days before he gets a breakthrough. He positioned himself. David, the, 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 the king or the, the giant killer, man, he, he, had, he had trained himself with a slingshot in the wilderness. He had worshipped God in the secret place. He had positioned himself so when opportunity showed up, he was ready for the opportunity. Opportunity never looks like opportunity. It's always dressed like a giant. So to be ready then is positioning yourself so when the opportunity turns up, you're ready to take on the opportunity. Elisha, the young prophet, positioned himself by serving Elijah in his call of God, and on that transition of positioning, of serving the man of God, he ends up with a double portion of what Elijah had. It all happened out of positioning. So many things take place in the spirit world when we position ourselves spiritually, There's the account of ten virgins in the Bible. It's an interesting story at so many levels (laughs) that there was ten virgins. Anyway, the point is, it says five were wise, five were foolish. And if you read the account and you work out who was wise and who were foolish, the wise were in position when the bridegroom turned up, the foolish were out of position and they missed what God had for them. It's clear biblically, listen, this is important, it's clear biblically, not everybody receives from God. Not everybody. Just because you're a believer in Jesus or you love Jesus doesn't mean that you're going to receive what God has for you. Look at this, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. I I hate the book of James. As a matter of fact, when you get to heaven, James will be the disciple or apostle by himself with no friends. Every time I read the book of James, I feel like he reaches out of the book, grabs me by the scruff of my collar and says, look at this, you idiot. (laughs) He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave from the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from God. Just because you're a lover of Jesus doesn't mean you're going to receive what God has for you. So it's, it goes on, it says, let me see, he is double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. So it's a, a warning again from James. Let's say, hey, don't think because you just love Jesus it's all going to work out for you. You've got to have some faith in this, you have got to have some skin in the game in this. There are every, God has given every one of us a mission to complete before we leave this earth. Some people are so far behind they will never die. It's imperative we get our spiritual place, our spiritual self in position to receive what God has for us so we can do what God's called us to do. And this is not about having favor. It's not about having special gift sets. This is about positioning yourself in the realm of the spirit. God wants to throw something to every one of you. In the the book of Numbers, we don't have a scripture for this, chapter 13 and 14, um, it's the account of the Israelites leaving Egypt to go into the promised land. God had given them a promise, the promised land. But if you read the story of the account of the Israelites, they couldn't make it to the promised land. And the, um, the reason that was, was not because their enemy was so big, it was just that their soul was out of position. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you read through their complaining... They're whining and whinging uh, about, God, what have you brought us out in the desert for? We're perishing. We might as well be better off back in Egypt. Man, God was giving them fresh food every day. Fresh food, oh, not manna again. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they, Moses, they get to a red sea, or a sea called red. And, like Red Cliff. Alright? Right? Uh, and And they're being chased by the uh, the Egyptians' army. Uh, They're about to get destroyed. Moses finds God in the midst of this, lifts his hands and splits the Red Sea. I don't know about you, but I think that is a reasonable miracle. Huh? If Pastor Sam goes down to Deception Bay... Or just the creek behind and splits that. You're all going, he the man, he the man. But the Bible says after a miracle like the Red Sea, within a couple of weeks, they have built a golden calf and started to worship another god. Aren't you glad we're not that stupid? (laughs) Of all the miracles you've seen God do, all the great things he's done in our lives. And somehow we get caught up in the ways of the world and we forget who and what God is. I've got a a cartoon card that was given to me, I'm going to say 22 years ago. It still sits on my desk to this day. It's the only card that I have on my desk. It still sits there. It's a picture of Moses splitting the Red Sea. Uh, his hands are up, there's Israelites here Israelites there, there's a wall of water, you know, two walls of water pathway down the middle and his hands are up and he's looking to the left and this is what the caption says what do you mean it's a bit muddy (laughs) (laughs) just to remind me every day that even if it's a bit muddy he's created a pathway into my future They were so out of position, God could not pass them the promise of the promised land. They end up dying in the wilderness, in in their potential, in their possibility, in their love for God that they died, aren't not receiving the promise God had for them. The Bible goes on to say that a generation later, this group of people, young people grow up and they get their soul in position. They start to cry where is the God that we heard about? The one that does miracles. Where is this God? Then the Bible declares this new generation of people rise up and they enter the promised land. Can I tell you that they didn't enter the promised land because their enemy was weaker or smaller. They entered the promised land because their soul was in their right position. It was the same enemy, but it wasn't now too big to beat. It was too big to miss. I want to tell you how you see a problem identifies what spiritual position you're in. Same problem, different perspective. And it's all to do not with the size of your problem, your challenge, or your enemy, but the condition of your soul or the position of your spiritual being. It's in that place where God starts to move. Out of victory comes from inner positioning. Out of victory comes from inner alignment with God and His purposes. In, In the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 17, it's the account of where the disciples have to learn... Positioning. Have to learn how important it is to be in position. Let's read it 9, verse 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who was a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He ganashes, which is the most interesting word in the world. Ganashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples. Hey guys, can you cast it out? But they couldn't. He answered him. Jesus doesn't get upset publicly very often. This is the time. And it wasn't to the crowd, it was to his team. He wasn't to the church. They he turns to his disciples and looks at them, you idiot. You faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. This is the moment when the disciples were being trained and taught about spiritual positioning. The people had a need. They couldn't help them with their need. Jesus says, this is how you do it. Let's go on and have a look what happens in verse 27. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came into the house, his disciples disciples asked him privately, uh, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind comes out, by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now I want you to see the principle here. Jesus didn't say, hey, every time somebody comes to you with a need, take five minutes to pray and fast. No, he said you need a lifestyle of prayer and fasting because prayer and fasting positions you to deal with the demonic realm. It's not a last minute prayer. Like something goes wrong, my gosh, I better pray. No, no, we want to be in position spiritually so when it comes up, we're ready to go. So he's teaching them right here. This is about living in position. They have to learn, not just to hope that it all works out, but they need to live in a position spiritually. So tonight, I want to just speak to you about some key positioning tactics that I've learned over the years, things that helps get me back into alignment so I'm in a place where God can bless me, but not just bless me for my sake, but give me enough that I can outwork what He's called me to do. You see, I'm I'm not after to have, I'm after to do. I want not so I can have. I want so I can do more. All right? And so let's step. Number one, if you want to position your soul to receive what God has for you, be a worshiper. The great news about being a worshiper, it does not depend on how well you sing. It is not just for the few select brilliant people that have incredible voices. Man, I sing so far out of tune. People move away from me during worship. But I want to tell you, I'm not bound by music. I've been set free. (laughs) Worship is not musical excellence. Worship is the spirit of your desire for God. That's what worship is. I, I, I even consider worship as the altar. The altar we come to to meet with God. In the Old Testament, they used to build an altar out of rocks. And to meet with God, they would bring a, a sacrifice. And, uh, but I, I see that the, the, in, our, in, our, in our age and how we come to God, our altar is a place called worship. And we bring a sacrifice of praise to Him. Yeah. And it's in that place the connection is made between the natural and the supernatural. Yeah. Worship's not something you do. It's a place you go. Yeah. Yeah. You choose to enter into it. You don't choose to sing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And your desire for Him... Positions you to receive the great things that he has for him. The Bible says this, those that diligently seek him shall find him. Seek him in his word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Seek him in prayer. Those who walk in the Spirit shall be led by the Spirit. Seek him in presence. Those who walk in the Spirit shall be led by the Spirit. Those who walk with God shall know God. There's a sense of that the more we connect with Him, the more He feeds us. Yeah. See, so it's important that we understand that our... Petit- See, in this, if, don't, as a believer, it's not about trying harder. It's about drawing closer. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about striving. It's about abiding. Yeah. And, and we get better not because we strive, because we abide. Yeah. We, we don't try harder. That's just willpower. You're not that good at that. What you need is not to strive, but to abide. Not to try harder, but to draw closer to Him. And that's the heart of worship. People that have a heart towards worship have a much easier uh, uh, relationship concept or exchange with the heavenly realm. And at the end of the day, truly, the end of the day, lasting change in our lives is ultimately the result of God's activity in us. It's not because we've tried harder. It's because His presence has abided within. Don't try to be good. Worship the one who is good and goodness will come. Don't try harder, draw closer. Next thing, if you want to position yourself for God to bless you and to bless others through you, keep your heart soft. (laughs) Keep your hearts. Forgive everybody of everything. Forgive everybody of everything. You know the reason people don't forgive others is they feel that the person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. And you're probably Right? They probably don't deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. But forgiveness, though, is not about letting them off. It's about keeping your heart soft. Because yeah. yeah. when you forgive someone, if, if you don't forgive somebody and you hold on to bitterness and resentment, it starts to, to build a black wall of stench around your spiritual heart. And what it does is you don't, God doesn't back away from you, but you no longer can sense the presence of God. You've got to keep a soft heart. And a way to keep a soft heart is to forgive everybody of everything. Yeah. Not, not, not some people, whether they deserve it or not, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I notice from the Bible there's an account, and again, there's a, a great account of a king and, uh, and a guy that owed him an unpayable debt. This guy gets in front of the king and the king's having a good day. He says, you know what? Everything you owe me, clear. You don't owe me a cent. You're free. The guy walks out of that, cleared of every debt he ever owed. And the Bible says he walks out, he runs into a guy that owed him a little bit of money, just a little bit. And instead of going, hey, don't worry about it, man, you're clear and free, have a great day. He turns around and says, you know what, I want you to pay me that that money now. Somebody who was forgiven of everything couldn't forgive somebody who did little to him. And again, aren't you glad we're not that stupid? So what happens? Unforgiveness makes two things happen. Two things. If you don't deal with unforgiveness, two things are going to happen. You become stupid and you end up in pain. How do I know you're going to become stupid? Because the guy owed him only a little bit of money and he threw him in jail. How can he pay him back? (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Unforgiveness makes you stupid. Then the king hears about it, (laughs) brings this guy into the office and throws him into the torturers. Now he's in pain for the rest of his life. You don't deal with unforgiveness, you're going to walk around making stupid decisions, and you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. Keep your heart soft. Forgive everybody of everything. It's the reason we have church, to learn to forgive people. It's a controlled environment to learn to forgive. I, I, I run into people all around the world that are not going to church, and I say, Why is that? And that's how oh, the church hurt me. And I say, oh, The building jumped on you. Um, it was all about a person, somebody being offended or upset somewhere. I'll tell you how to get hurt at church. Keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we learn to forgive. We've got it. Got otherwise, you're, you 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 unpos- You take yourself out of position with unforgiveness. Second thing about keeping your hearts off is to, talk to about talk to God about your sins and failures. Go to him and confess them. (laughs) And uh, I don't know, a lot of people don't do this. I think they think think that if they don't tell God, he won't know. (laughs) (laughs) They'll get away with it. There's some really big holes in that theory. God knows everything already. It's one of the things I dislike about God is that he knows everything already. So if I have bad thoughts about Jethro, because he's not wearing socks, (laughs) and I don't tell God that, then, then I'm thinking God doesn't know that I have bad thoughts about Jethro. God doesn't go, I can't believe Mark had bad thoughts about Jethro. See, the truth is, when you confess your sin, God already knows so when you go to him and say, hey, I'm having trouble with this, I'm dealing with this, I'm having trouble with that, he already knows those things. So to confess your sins is not for his sake. It's not for his sake. It's for your sake. It's to keep your heart soft and pliable. See, this, this thing that we have between him and God is called a relationship and it's based on honesty. This thing is not about a prayer time. It's not about prayer. You don't pray to pray. You pray to meet with God. And it's a relationship. Man, I'm so honest with God, I'll get up to pray some morning and say, God, I'm so tired, start without me. (laughs) He already knows how I'm feeling. I'm not trying to trick him. (laughs) How can I trick God? Just don't tell him, you'll be fine. (laughs) No, no, confessing sins is about your heart. And if you don't confess your stuff, it just gets thicker and thicker around your soul. And eventually you can no longer hear the voice of God or feel His presence. Be thankful, not ungrateful. Live with thankfulness around your life. You might not have all that you need or want, sorry, you might not have all that you want, but you have all that you need. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not going to, He's given it to us. It's just what we do with it. Third thing tonight is to live by faith. (laughs) Live by faith. And can I tell you that I know when I'm living by faith because I'm a little bit scared. That's how I know I'm living by faith because I'm out of my comfort zone. The, The miracles of God don't happen inside of my boat of insecurity, fear, or mediocrity. It happens when I step out of that thing. It's when I trust the water or, the, or the, the word of God beyond my own fears. Faith is trusting God more than trusting your own fears. That's what faith is. The Bible says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." Not hard, impossible. So faith is our place where we've got to live as believers. That means we're going to be a little scared sometimes because faith is spelled R I S K. Risk, and it's not being stupid. Not being, God's after fruit, not nuts. But, but there is a step that takes us above or beyond what we believe to trust God at His word. And that's called faith. And we need to make sure we're living in those areas. That's what tithing and giving puts pressure on us to do. It's to trust God. To pray for somebody. It's to trust God. To invite somebody to church. It's just that trust God. That's what faith is. It's going past where you are and starting to live where he is. Miracles and breakthrough happen outside when we step out of whatever. Faith is going from glory to glory. Trusting a little bit of God a bit more every time. And I want to tell you, the only thing that moves the spiritual to the natural is a thing called faith. It is the currency of the spirit. And without faith, you'll never be in position to receive what God has for you. The next thing, the last thing tonight, is be about the purposes of God. Like I said, one morning I woke up and I was 60 years old. And you might think you're 15 or 20 now, life is so long. It goes like, listen, life is short. It doesn't matter how long you live, life is short. Eternity is long. You live to 100, life is still short. Eternity is long. So there must be the view from every believer, not only are we called to to walk in this natural world, but we must have the lens of eternal significance. There are eternal ramifications for people if they don't know Jesus. So we've got to be on this this concept that that life is short, eternity is long, and God's dream, the Bible says, is that all should be saved. All. The word all in the Greek actually means all. All. For an Australian, a really big number. (laughs) We must view our life not just through natural, but through the eternal. When Jesus finishes up on earth, he could have chosen any subject for his last words to us. He could have spoken about love, about prayer. He could have spoken to us about all sorts of things. Yet, the thing that he declares as his statement to the end, his final words to mankind was, go and make disciples of all nations. If we believe God's word, then we should be about the Father's business. And that's always about other people. It's always about the lost, the hurting, the unchurched, the broken. Those who don't know him the ones that have been hurt in church, where they're called to engage them. Pastor Sam said it earlier, to invest our time, our talent, and our treasure into kingdom purposes. It's a wrong concept to believe that you are designed just to live, then die. You are, you are designed by God for this time in history to bring something special from heaven that's needed in this generation. Every one of us carries a spiritual treasure box that God has. And it's not like anybody else's. It's not like the person next to you. It's your particular mission, your purpose for being here. Some have glamorous positions. People on the platform, we get up here and, and, we, and, and we get people to listen to us and they clap. And it's so funny when I go to a conference, Pastor Carolina, and um, I'll be in the crowd like that and a few people might say hello. But after I've spoken, everybody's my friend. Oh my gosh. Hi, Pastor Mark. So good to meet you. And we can get caught up on on the glamorous position, but I want to tell you that every position in the body is just as important as every other position in the body. And God doesn't see it through that. He doesn't say, well done, good and faithful preacher. Well done, good and faithful worship leader. He doesn't see it through those eyes at all. Pastor Mark, Prophet Sam, Evangelist George. No, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. So we're all just as important in the kingdom as somebody else. We just have just roles to play. And once you get a a, a feel for this or a picture for this, you start to realize that the purpose I'm here is is for God's purposes. So today, if you want to receive what God has for you, you've got to be about His purposes. Run the position. Rest when you get there. There's power and alignment. God wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. We need to position ourselves to receive so we can give. And as we move into 2020, I want us to make some adjustments here. As you think about who you are and what your year looks like, maybe it's, I need to be back in around the purpose of God a little bit more. Maybe I've backed off from faith because I've been a believer a long time now and I just sort of sit back and watch a little bit. Has your heart got a little hard, a little cynical? A little, the church, oh they just want my, my money. <laughs> people are so funny. If I wanted your money, I've got a lot better ways than this. <laughs> this is a lousy way to get people's money. And people go, oh, the church is just up. No one says, oh, McDonald's is just after your money. Or Kmart's just after your money. And they are. <laughs> no, 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 we've got to get it right. We've got to get in perspective here. We've got to understand that we're to, we're to live by faith, man, and not get cynical. We've got to keep our hearts solved. Forgive those people that have upset us and let us down over the years. There's been a number of them in my life. And just bring yourself back into his presence a little bit more, into his word. And again, reading the Bible, we don't read the Bible to read the Bible. It's not about tick-done ecclesiastes. Now, reading the Bible is about hearing what God says because faith doesn't come because you read the Bible. Faith comes by hearing what God is saying. That's what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God or the words of God, not the not message, hearing what God is saying through the message. Maybe we just got to say, you know what, I'm going to come back here into a heart of worship a little bit. I'm going to move back and spend a bit more time in His Word, meditation, a little bit of prayer before things go wrong. And just be there. Let's let's decide to get back in position. God doesn't have favourites. You're His favourite. Every one of you is His favourite. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.